God says, Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. This morning we're going to look at verse 19 specifically. What's amazing about verse 19 is it is not a standalone. Even as you read it, it says, Never avenge yourselves. You, you hear that that has kind of been echoed in this section that I just read. The, the idea of um, not, or, or sorry, blessing those who persecute you. Or repay no one evil for evil. And then here, verse 19 says, Beloved, never avenge yourselves. It begins with a tender word. Beloved. Because it's knowing that the person that's being addressed to, the, the people that need to hear this, you and me, are people who have been hurt by another person. Someone who has experienced great pain from another person. It's beloved. Never avenge yourselves. It, almost like there's something that you could want to retaliate for. There is something that you have in your heart that you want to pay back to someone. You want someone to feel the pain that you have felt. There's an ache, a real sense of humanness in this reality, in this uh, who we are and how we respond to, to people. He begins with a tender word, beloved, my dear friends, loved ones, never, never avenge yourself. He just never gives a, a, a moment saying, you know, you can avenge yourself if, if someone did this to you. If someone took your child's life from you, then you can avenge yourself. No, no, no. The word is never. Beloved, as painful as it might be, as real as the pain might be, beloved, you are never, never, no, not ever. That's, this word is so strong. You may never Avenge yourselves. Don't try to retaliate. That's a hard thing to hear. It's a hard command to obey. It instructs them not to retaliate. It instructs you and I not to retaliate. But how often do we just want people to feel the pain that they've caused? We just want them to know how much pain they've caused someone else. We think sometimes it's good 
for a person to get a taste of their own medicine. But this verse tells us, never have that attitude. Never have that attitude or do anything so that it's an action. Don't avenge yourselves. Make sure that you are not the one retaliating. It's amazing, this verse, because it's in light of chapter 13, which is coming, and we will see that God gives the authorities the ability to avenge certain sins and certain wrongs. There is a law, there is a government which does have the right by God to avenge, to punish. But that's not our job. It says here, to leave it to God. Leave it to God. And so, here, this is talking about, uh, in our verse, more specifically, says, leave it to the wrath of God. Never avenge yourself. Believe it to the wrath of God. God's judgment is right. All times. Don't avenge yourself because you might think you're dishing back the exact amount. Like, oh, if we can just do, you know, ten words of hurt to ten words of hurt. And you think, that's just equal playing field. I'm just going to level the field. You can't do that. You and I are so full of sin that we want to just tip the scales and think that we have been way more wronged than we're ever going to do to that person. And so, for us to try to avenge or try to make right or try to balance the scales and be like, you know what, I'm just going to pay them back in, in kind, it's never going to be equal. And especially if you know the truth of God. If you know the truth of the gospel, the truth of forgiveness, and God has been merciful to you, then the scales are already tipped. And you are far worse than they are. So you can never pay back in kind the equal payment. You can never retaliate in the same way that they have hurt you because the scales are tipped. You are sinful. So therefore, you're going to judge in an impartial way. You're going to have bias. If someone has hurt your child versus if someone has hurt uh, John in London, you're going to pay back differently, aren't you? Someone hit your child across the face. A grown man. How are you going to feel towards them versus that grown man hitting John in London who you've never heard of and you've never even seen it? But you've met the, the guilty party It's a different story, right? We are impartial. That's just who we are. It's built in us to be responsive, but yet we do not respond without tarnishing and and sin. So it tells us, don't do it. Don't avenge yourself. Even if it was right to say, eye for an eye, even if that was right for you to do, you would never do it. You would always take more than the eye. When gouging out an eye, you would take off the nose. Or you would cause some other pain. Don't do it because you are not able to do it impartially. Your judgment is tainted. Your judgment is wrong. It says, Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. Don't pay back evil for evil, verse 17 says. What's amazing about that verse is the end of it. Repay no one evil for evil, but, it says, give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. It is, it's generally accepted that it is an honorable thing not to retaliate. That's interesting. When a person does not retaliate, when they, they have every reason to, 
but they choose not to, that's honorable. That's respectable. People can look to that person and say, wow, I could not be you. Do what is honorable in the sight of all. Not just believers think, oh, you're just some super spiritual person. Unbelievers think it is something strange when you don't retaliate. So that's why it says in verse 17, Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. You gain an audience. You gain ears that will hear you out when they say, you should have. You say, I know, but by God's grace, I won't. I will apply verse 19. I will never avenge myself because I know that I cannot do that impartially. That I will always be tainted and I will always have an element of wrong in my attitude or my action. And so, instead, I will leave it to the wrath of God. I will let the wrath of God deal with that person. I will let the wrath of God, which is perfect, in perfect knowledge, God has His wrath. So that's the thing. When you and I want to repay someone for what they've done, we don't know what's going on in their thought process or their heart. We just know the action. But God knows them completely. And so His wrath will not just be on the action. It will be on the attitude, the intent, the motive. His wrath will be complete compared to yours, which will be not only broken and sinful, but it will be incomplete. So it says, leave it then to the wrath of God. God's wrath will punish every wrong. Every wrong. His wrath will punish it. Something amazing. Something quite painful. His wrath will be revealed against all ungodliness. Leave it to the wrath of God. Amazing thing is, Jesus... Some people say he sounds a lot different than that, right? Jesus doesn't sound like that, doesn't say, well, you know, make sure that they're going to get paid for one day and there's going to be wrath. Because Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5, he says, You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not, or do not resist the one who is evil. But if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if anyone would sue you and take your tunic... Let him have your cloak as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. Give to the one who begs from you and do not refuse the one who would borrow from you. You've heard it said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. So Jesus seems to say, beyond not just retaliating, Beyond not just avenging yourselves, love them. Lavish on them generosity. If they steal from you your shirt, give them your coat as well. If they force you in labor to do one mile of hard labor, pulling something for them or carrying their burden, offer to go a second mile. Beyond retaliating and say, I'm done my first mile, I'm going to get back at you now. Jesus says, no, offer yourself up for another mile. Sacrifice yourself for this person who has abused you. So beyond not just retaliating, Jesus says, go further and love on them. But what's amazing is, it is not in disagreement with our verse here in Romans twelve nineteen. It says, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. That is also loving. 
it is more loving to let God deal with them perfectly than to let you deal with them imperfectly and then have no chance to ever tell them of the love of Christ that you've experienced, the mercy that you felt and want to extend to them. It is a lovely thing. It says, leave it to the wrath of God or give place to... The original Greek just says, give place to wrath. Never avenge yourselves, just give place to wrath. Let there be wrath. It doesn't say in the Greek, leave it to the wrath of God. That is only concluded because of the following verses. We, we see that it, it quotes scripture from Deuteronomy. It says, vengeance is mine, speaking of God. So the Greek doesn't even say, uh, leave it to the wrath of God. It just says, leave room for wrath and not yours. Because yours is broken. Leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, it says, Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. It gives a reason. The word for is very important in this verse. It's a, it's a, uh, a hinge. So, why am I not to avenge myself? And why am I to leave it to the wrath of God? Because, or for, God has said, it is written, God has said, Vengeance is mine. Don't take what is mine. Don't do what I'm to do. Vengeance is mine. And then he gives a promise. I will repay. I will repay. So the reality is when you and I try to retaliate, we try to uh, avenge our sins or wrongdoings to our families, then we don't trust the promise of God. God promises here that He will repay every wrong. Do you believe it? Do you believe that He will punish perfectly every wrong thing done against you and against your family? That He will punish it? Because He says He will. He says, I will repay. So, when our inclination to repay comes up, we must say, no. God will do this and He will do it perfectly. He has promised it. That He will repay every wrong that has ever happened against me or my kids or my loved ones. God will repay it. Nothing will be brushed under a rug ever. Every wrong deed that has been done against you will be punished. It's interesting to think, how will it be punished? In the wrath of God, which is perfect, his, his righteous indignation against sin, against wrong, against everything that's opposing his character and his glory, he will pour out his wrath on it. He will repay it. Every single wrong. So then we must look to Jesus as the one who applied Romans twelve nineteen to never avenge the wrongdoer. Man, when Jesus was taken by force. He gave himself up. So why have you come out with clubs? Why have you come out with swords? Like, let's go. I, I know I'm going. I know where, what's about to happen. He didn't avenge. He didn't strike back. He got angry at Peter when he did. When they loaded on the burden of the cross, when they flogged him, when they nailed him and pierced his side, he never avenged. Because he knew that the wrath that it was to come was perfect. So he did not avenge himself. And, and uh, it tells us in 1 Peter this. 1 Peter 2, 23. 
When Jesus was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten. But he, listen, this is so important. But he continued entrusting himself to him. That's God who judges justly. The way that Jesus did not retaliate was he continued to entrust himself in God who judges justly. So in order for us not to have an inclination even to retaliate, to not want to avenge wrongdoings, we must continue to entrust ourselves to God. To to the promise of God where He says, I will repay. Where Peter is given this example of Jesus, he says he entrusted himself to God or to Him who judges justly. Unlike you and unlike me, His judgment is just. It's perfect. It's right. It will be exact. It's interesting is the idea that we have of justice. I think it is a God-given inclination. We think it is right for an eye for an eye. There is a sense of justice in us, a justice system. We think when people commit a, a, a felony, they should be punished. That is right, because it reflects the very heart and the character of God, that there is a sense of vengeance in God. But it is not our job. We must leave it to the wrath of God and continue to entrust ourselves to Him who judges justly. So think about maybe a person you know that has hurt you. What happens if they become a Christian? Because you know that if a person becomes a Christian... The wrath of God no longer is on them. So then what? How will God repay the sin that they have done against you? You've not had a chance to retaliate. Now they've gone and done it. They've they've confessed their sins and now what? Now they won't have to pay for what they did to my family. People often struggle with this, right? When they think about someone, maybe who has murdered a loved one, is in jail, they hear that this person has come to Jesus and now they're a Christian. A lot of people say, that's not fair. That's not okay. I want them to suffer. I want them to know what it's like to lose someone. That's not okay that they just all of a sudden claim a Christian card. But if you trust in this verse, if you trust in the promise of God, then you can say, it's okay. It's okay that they became a believer. Because God still repaid The sin against your family done by this person was paid. The wrath of God was poured out against that wrong. God promises it will be. And so His promise to forgive our sin is not in opposition to His promise to judge sin. If someone has sinned against you, becomes a believer, now they stand redeemed and free from that guilt, free from eternal wrath, what has God done with that wrath? but He just poured it on His own Son. So that wrong done against you has been paid. It has been fully poured out. God's judgment on it, God's hatred against sin has been poured out against His own Son. So therefore, a person who is in Christ no longer is under that wrath. It says in Romans chapter 5, Since therefore we have now been justified by His blood, much more shall we be saved by Him from the wrath of God. So if a person is owed this wrath, 
There is retaliation that should be done to them, and it will be. And it's either on them, or it's on Jesus, their Savior. God will repay. He will punish. You leave it to the wrath of God. Do you trust the wrath of God to be perfect? To pay back as it ought to be paid back? He does it perfectly well. So when you can't wrap your mind around this. You think, no, 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 I don't want, I don't want Jesus to have to pay for this sin against me. They should pay for it. And that's the beauty of the gospel. Is that your Savior didn't only die for your sin, but He died for sins of many. Including those who've sinned against you. So you can just entrust them to God. Man, is that hard. When you think of someone who has hurt you or your family, to entrust them. You entrust them to God. What a great prayer of a sanctified prayer would be God. This person has wronged me in every way. I want them to come to Jesus. I want them to not have to pay for this sin. I want them to know the forgiveness and the freedom and the mercy found in Jesus. I want that more than I want them to pay and feel it. And you know what that prayer even means. It means that Jesus will have suffered for the sin against you. And you say, oh, what a Savior. What a Savior. Not only willing to take my sin against Him and against others, but He would take the sin against me. And He would pay for it. He would accept and absorb all the wrath of God owing that sin so that they may be free, just as I may be free. And here's the reality. We often think about avenging and retaliation as other people. What about you? You have wronged people. And they would have every right to retaliate or to, to seek vengeance. So, so we're thankful if people apply this verse. And trust it to God. Leave room for the wrath of God. And you think, I, I don't want that. I, I don't want the wrath of God. And you say, absolutely not. Of course we don't. God's wrath is perfect and it's hot and it's forever. But that's where Jesus steps in. So that's the burden He bears for us. The wrath for the sin that we have committed against other people. It has been paid. It has been. So when He says, Beloved, never avenge yourself. Leave it to the wrath of God. For, because God has promised in His Word, it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay. We can trust that. We can trust it. 1 Thessalonians 1, verse 10, speaks of Jesus. It says, Jesus, who delivers us from the wrath to come. We are so deserving. That's the thing. Sometimes it's not big things. It's not that you've murdered somebody. But maybe you've lied to somebody. Maybe you've told a lie about someone. You've slandered someone. You've made other people think ill of a person. That's owing judgment of God. But Jesus delivers us from the wrath to come. That's why it tells us Never. Beloved, as painful as it is, as hard as it is, beloved, realize you are loved by God. Loved. 
Don't never avenge yourselves. But leave it to the wrath of God. That wrath that is perfect, it is promised. So here it is a matter of you and me trusting in God's promise or not. Do we trust Him when He says, I will repay? And do we trust that not only in His promise, but we tr- do we trust in His perfection that we don't have to do a little bit of retaliation and let God figure it out later? No, but in our hearts, in a moment, you can forgive someone. So what's interesting is, right, we just talked last week about living peaceably with other people and how it's most often about an attitude of your own heart and you making right with God and with them so that there's nothing at fault in you that you've tried everything in your God-given ability to make right with a person. Right, well, here's a thing that hinders us from being right with people is we have this uh, intent on revenge. So God is trying to protect us. Protect us from not living peaceably. He says, don't avenge yourselves. Leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay. And then he tells us to the contrary. To the contrary of your nature in verse 20. We'll look at this more in in the week to come. But opposite of what you want to do, you want to retaliate. But opposite of that, to the contrary, feed them. And give them something to drink. And love them, as Jesus said. And love them. And and sometimes the way you love them best is by just entrusting them to God and not speaking to them again. Sometimes the way you love them best is by just praying fervently for their salvation so that they may, their sin against you may be avenged. That it is taken care of. By God, and by God perfectly, and so you can just trust God. It's a matter of, do you believe His promises? That He says He will repay. And then do you trust His perfection? That He will repay perfectly. This is the hard task for us, but it is all wrapped up in this whole section where it begins with the words, let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hate what is evil. You know what's evil? Is your broken vengeance system. Because it's not going to paint a perfect picture of God when you retaliate, when you pay back a person for their sin. It's evil. It says, hold fast to what is good. And one of those things that is good is trusting God. Trusting God to punish sin. Your sin and other sins alike. That is so good that we have the the Savior to deliver us from the wrath which is to come. So that's the... Just think about that. If, if you sin or if someone sins against you, wrath is owing that. Romans 2 tells us like we are heaping up wrath against ourselves for the day of judgment. We are heaping it up. Behind a giant dam, there is this entire fill of wrath towards us. And either we will stand there one day, or Jesus. And we thank God that He has come freely and said, I will die for them. And not just die. Not just, oh, his flesh and he died in my place so that, you know, my death seems easier. It's not that. It's, he stood before God Almighty and said, I will stand as a liar. I will stand as a slanderer. I will stand as a gossip. I will stand as a murderer, as a thief, as an adulterer. I will stand as it on their behalf. 
so that vengeance can be yours, O God. So that you who judge justly might judge justly. So that's why Jesus is called the justifier and just. There is perfection in this judgment. And he's the one who justifies you, who who wipes away your record. Everything owing you, Jesus has said, place it on me. If we just come to him. And and as 1 Peter says, as we continue to entrust ourselves to him. Let's do that. Let us pray. If If we have a hard time... And often the symptom that you can be able to tell that you have a hard time is you're bitter. You're bitter. Because they've not been dealt with like you want them to be dealt with. They're just getting on with life. And they should feel pain, but they don't seem to. And things are going honky-dory for this person who caused me pain. I'm uncomfortable with that. But that's where you just entrust yourself to God and God, I'm struggling with this person and this sin that they've committed against me or my loved ones. And I know, God, I know in my heart that you will repay, either in my Savior or on them for all of eternity, but I'm having a hard time believing that promise right now. Help me to trust you. I think that's a prayer we often will need because we are people who want to see justice now and we want to take it into our own hands. So we ought to pray to God, to help to trust His promises more. And that's the beautiful thing about as you read the Bible, you see God is a God who makes promises and He keeps them. That's one of the main important things as you, why you should read the Bible from front to back. And not just the Gospels, not just the stories of Jesus, not just the book of Romans. Read from front to back and you will see the God who is the promise keeper. So when you come across a promise like this, you say, God, I struggle but I believe. Help my unbelief. Help me to entrust all of these things to you and thank you that you have taken this for me. When there is a million people that I have sinned against, thank you that it is up to your justice. It is up to your judgment and your wrath. Thank you for my Savior. The one who stood on my behalf and took This due vengeance. This repayment for sin. Thank you for Jesus. As we begin to live that life of trusting in God's promise here and and trusting others to Him, we will live a life more free to love genuinely and to live contrary to our sinful nature. Then we can say, you know what? They've wronged me, but I'm going to love on them and lavish them with generosity. So that one day I may have an opportunity to tell them about Jesus. And the the wrath that they deserve might be dealt with before they have to pay for it for all of eternity. I don't want that for anyone. Oh God, may He do this in us. May He transform you and transform me to trust His promise and to trust His perfection for His glory. Let's pray. God, you are holy. You are right. You never do wrong. You see all things perfectly. You see hearts and minds and motives and actions. God, people have sinned against us. And it is hard for us to let them just go. But we're not. We do believe your promise, God, that it says you will repay.
That things are not just let go. That even if justice is not served here and now in this world, because our justice system is broken, justice will be served in the end. Either by Christ or by you judging justly forever. So God, help us. Help us. We need your help because we are imperfect and we are broken. God, we we do want to trust you more. So we just ask for your help even now so that you might be glorified when we act like Jesus who did not take revenge on the cross. God, help us. Not just to look to him as an example, but to draw on him and the Holy Spirit for strength. We need you now. In Christ's name, amen.